morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. I do appreciate you being here. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us this morning. Let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Brother Danny, sir, would you open us up, sir? to our hearts, Lord, show us what we need to do to improve our service for you, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's all grab a hymnal, turn to page 445, Standing on the Promises. I heard a preacher say you can't stand on the promises when you're sitting on the premises, so let's let's all stand and sing Standing on the Promises, page number 445. We'll sing all four verses. Page 575, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Yeah. 
right at this time what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead if you uh, would like to we'll welcome one another to the services but also uh, we have hand sanitizer back there so if you shake hands make sure you use that uh, the uh, health department has told us not to shake hands so um, uh, but if you feel comfortable shaking hands that's fine just make sure you use the hand sanitizer but welcome one another to the services welcoming our visitors all right thank you All right, as you're making your way back to your seat, turn to page 527, page number 527. Revive us again, page number 527.
good singing this morning. Thank you for being here. You had to put up with me leading the music. Brother David had to work overtime, and uh, then Brother Peyton is uh, singing at another church this morning, and so you're stuck with me. So uh, we, we got through it, though. Amen. All right, I do appreciate you being here. Uh, you that are visiting with us, thank you for being here this morning. You are our honored guest, and if there's anything we can say or do, please let us know. We want to be a blessing to you uh, this morning. And, uh, and home folk, thank you for being here. I do, uh, uh, don't take it for granted that you're here this morning. We're going to uh, continue a look in the book of Joshua. I've been studying the book of Joshua for some time right now, and and the Lord's been giving me messages. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching on the, uh, there in the book of Joshua, preaching um, a message I called the, My Aching, Breaking Heart. And Brother Doug left here the other day, and he said, You know, Pastor, he says, uh, you rent that, that message for me. And I said, Why is that? He said, I pictured Aiken walking around with a mullet the whole, the whole time you were preaching. And uh, so I hope you got a little bit more out of that than uh, just uh, thinking of Billy Ray Cyrus there. But uh, anyway, so we're going to be in Joshua chapter number 8 this morning. Joshua chapter number 8. Our text speaks about a tiny city by the name of Ai. And um, from all indications, this city should have been a, uh, should have been a pushover for Israel. Uh, they should have been, uh, Israel should have been able to destroy Ai, no problem. Uh, nothing, uh, no, no problems at all. Uh, they marched through Canaan and, and, and to march through Canaan and win the victory there. However, in chapter 7 we come and Israel uh, experienced her only defeat uh, that happened by the city of Ai, a very small city. And in this battle, 36 of Israelite soldiers were killed uh, and they were forced to flee. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. And I believe that Israel experienced this loss, this battle, this, this defeat for a couple of reasons. First, I believe that they failed to seek the Lord before they went into battle. That should be, serve as a reminder uh, that we need to seek the Lord every day in every situation. We need to have uh, his, his heart at, at mind. We need to make sure we're doing what he wants us to do. See, that what happened was after winning that big battle in Jericho, after winning, the, they, they seen the victory that, uh, there, the, the walls fall down. They, after they seen that, they get, became a little bit arrogant and prideful, and, uh, and, and they assumed that they were beyond defeat. They just thought, we got this, this is is no problem. However, they learned differently. Another reason I believe they suffered this defeat was because there was sin in the camp. We talked about that with Achan and when Israel faced uh, Jericho in chapter 6, they were commanded to destroy the city. I mean, get rid of everything. They would take the wealth of the city and to dedicate that to the Lord. And a man by the name of Achan took that and uh, took some of the wealth for himself, which brought the wrath of God upon him and his family and the whole, uh, all the Israelites, really. And because of these two failures, Israel suffered a tragic loss there in Ai. The Lord used this defeat at Ai for uh, a reason to... Uh, he used it to teach Israel the importance of holiness and uh, seeking the Lord in every situation. He uses defeat to teach them that the danger of, of pride and arrogancy. Uh, one of the most viable lessons uh, learned by the Israelites was the truth that they needed the Lord in every situation. Folks, we can see ourselves there. 
We need Him in every situation we come through in life. See, we need His presence, His power. If we're going to walk in victory today, we need Him. You see, there's a sense in which we as believers are a lot like Israel. If you're a child of God, then you know something about battles. We all face them. From time to time, we're going to face battles. You know that you have three very powerful enemies, sin, self, and Satan. We, we face that. Every day we face these three things and as, child, uh, as a child of God. But each of these enemies can be defeated if they're handled according to the will of God. And as we move into these verses, I want you to see that AI is a, it pictures the flesh. Pictures the flesh, one of our enemies. The word AI means a heap of ruins. A heap of ruins. And that is a good way to describe our flesh, isn't it? It's just a heap of ruins. And uh, uh, it's uh, by Paul reminds us about this wickedness of our flesh in Romans 7, 18. He says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, he's saying, dwelleth no good thing. Our flesh is dead. It needs to, to die, and it's absolutely wicked. See, AI is first mentioned in the book of Genesis in connection with the life of Abraham. When God told Abraham, he said, and uh, Abraham pitched his tent between Bethel and between AI. And remember the name of Bethel means house of God. So, like Abraham, many of God's people pitched their tents. They, they, they pitched their tents there between the house of God and a heap of ruins. That's where we, we find ourselves many times. We're one foot in the world and one foot in the house of God or one foot for the Lord. And the thing of it is, is that God doesn't work in that way. God wants you completely in. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want a part of you. He wants all of you. And we need to dedicate ourselves to that. Do you see the connection here is the reality. You can either live in a place of victory or you can live in a place of ruin. A place of defeat and misery. The kind of life you live will be determined by where you pitch your tent. Where you decide to say, you know, this is where I'm going to live. I'm going to live right there in the middle between Ai and Bethel. Or I'm going to live in Ai or I'm going to live in Bethel. But see, the problem is this. The choice is up to you. I can't make that decision for you, and no one else can make it for you. You have to make that decision. Just like Israel, we often lose battles to our flesh. But by God's help, we can learn how to defeat the flesh and walk in spiritual victory. You see, I do not know the battles that you're fighting right now with the flesh, but I do know that you can experience a victory. I do know that. These verses have something to teach us about how uh, victory can become a reality in our lives. And I want you to notice some things. So I've titled the message, Another Chance at Victory. You ever fallen? You ever failed? You ever messed up? Sure we are. We, we've all done it. Well, can I tell you that we can, God's a God of second chances. God gives us multiple chances and multiple uh, uh, chances to, to gain the victory. And I want to share some things with you from Joshua chapter number 8. 
We're going to look there in verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and to her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Let's pray once again. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, I realize this morning I need your help. And Lord, every person in this room needs your help. But Lord, this morning I pray that you'll use this simple lesson, this simple message, apply it to our hearts that we may be better servants for thee. Lord, most importantly this morning, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Speak, Holy Spirit of God, as only you can. Deal with hearts as only you can. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, Lord, may today be the day of salvation. For that one that may be discouraged or disheartened or away from you, Lord, that needs that second chance, Lord, I pray that you would just revive their heart, that you would give them a zeal and a, a desire to... Uh, to, to do it again and to uh, live for you. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice some things about another chance at victory. Number one, I want you to notice the victory that is promised. You know, each one of us, we have a promised victory. We have a, a victory that is promised to us. Notice the words of this promise. Look there again in verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither thou be dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. God has given him a promise here. He's given some words of promise. And if God ever says something to you, you can take it to the bank. It is a promise. I remember my dad says, uh, when I was younger, dad says a man's word ought to be, uh, you shouldn't have to sign all these contracts. A man's word should be a bonding. And he taught me that and, and taught me some things about, hey, be a man of your word. Well, the thing that is, is that man will mistake you. They will give you problems. They will uh, sue you. And they're not going to be men of the word. Some men aren't. But I can tell you this, that God is always a man of his word. God will always keep his word. If he says it, you can guarantee it's going to happen. So God says now, this time, he says, he says, Joshua, go into the land. I'm giving you the victory. Now remember, they went into Ai before, but they didn't go with God's blessings, and they were utterly destroyed. They had, 36 people got uh, suffered death because of it. But now God is saying, hey, I'm giving you a promise. You're going to have the victory. Now, can I tell you something? God has filled his word with promises for us to claim. He's given us great and precious promises that we can claim. And we, hey, listen, they're at our fingertips. All we have to do is claim them. See, it's interesting that the Lord called them to a return to a place of their greatest defeat. God knew that they needed to overcome Ai before they could uh, move on to, con uh, to uh, conquer uh, Canaan land. The same is true for us. How many times have you lost the battle to the flesh? Can I say probably daily we, we fail? How many times have you been defeated by this old sinful nature? How many times have you fallen and wondered if you would ever get back to where you should be? 
If that's been your experience, the Lord has a promise for you. Notice this. He told Joshua, he says, fear not. I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his land and his city. He's saying, I've given it to you. To those who have fallen, to those who have lost the battle to the flesh, God is saying, fear not, I, have, I am able to give you the victory. God has made some tremendous promises to his children that we need to claim, and we do not have to live in defeat. God wants us to have life and to have it more abundantly. God's promised you the victory to his children. The Bible says this, but thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord did not save you to leave you here defeated and discouraged and beaten and enslaved to the flesh. He saved you to set you free, to enable you to walk in victory, and He gives to all those who will walk according to His will that victory. Then I want you to notice only the, not only the words of promise, but notice the wisdom and patience. You know, you ever heard the expression, get in the cart before the horse? That's what Joshua and the Israelites did here. They were getting, that's the reason they suffered their defeat. That's what happened to Achan. He got the cart before the horse. Notice the Lord tells him in verse 2, he says, And thou shalt do to Ai and to her kings as thou didst to Jericho and to her kings, only the spoils thereof, notice now this, the cattle thereof shall be take for thy, uh, a prey unto yourselves, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. He's saying, hey, I'm going to give you some things now. Notice uh, there at Ai and Jericho, was, uh, he's saying, I'm going to give you the victory. And they allowed them to take the spoils this time for themselves. If Achan would have just waited a few more days, if he would have just waited on the Lord, he could have had all the riches that he wanted, he could, uh, that he could imagine. Instead, he ran ahead of God and grabbed for himself what he wanted. And he paid a terrible price for it. This is a lesson for you and me today. If we could just learn to wait on God, just learn to wait on God and let Him lead and bring us, bring things into our lives, the things that we need in His timing, we would be far better off if we would just be patient and wait on the Lord. See, the thing of it is, is the flesh, AI, is impatient. We're impatient, don't believe me? You've heard me say this. Go to, a, go to a stoplight. And as soon as that light turns green, just sit there for a second. One second. Just one second. The person behind you. I mean, they're going bonkers. Sometimes that person's you. Sometimes that person's me. We're impatient. We want instant popcorn and instant gratification. We want all this stuff. We want it our way and we want it now. Well, the thing of it is, is that that's not the way God has designed it. We make our plans. We do our things and, and, and never check with God about it. Then when we make a mess out of our lives, we expect God to clean it up. When we learn to wait on the Lord, we're, we're well on our way to victory in this Christian life. The Bible says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. 
But then I want you to notice the victory, that victory must be pursued. See, we must embrace God's plan. There in verse 3, it says, So Joshua rose after he got the command and the promise. He arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. Now, remember what happened before? Only, I'll only take about 2,000. It'd be, ah, oh, just take about 2,000. This time, God has given him specific plans he, and he's saying, he's saying, take about 30,000 here. And, uh, and he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but, ye, uh, but be ye all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach into the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us at, uh, as at the first that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say they flee before us as the first. Therefore we will flee before, uh, before them. Then we shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hands. And it shall be when ye have uh, taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up and he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And and he took about 5,000 men and set them in lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai and on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host of what was of the north of the city, and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it that they hasted and rose up early, and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at the time of appointed before the plain, but he wist not that they were liars in ambush against them uh, behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as it were, uh, they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the uh, wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out and spit, uh, the, the spear that is in thine hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua Joshua stretched forth the spear, and he went, and he had in his hand toward the city. Notice here, God told them in exact detail how they were going to get the victory. They were to lay an ambush for Ai, and they would take the city of all the inhabitants here. And Israel learned at Jericho what would happen if they obeyed and listened to God. They would obtain victory. But they also learned in Ai what would happen if they decided to do it their way. That they would experience tragedy. They would experience defeat. Hey, listen, this should be a, uh, uh, this should serve for us that we need to know that if we will listen to God, we can experience victory. If we want to do it our way, we're going to experience defeat. 
We need to learn this lesson today. See, we're talking about people that want to fight, are fighting against the flesh. If you're going to pursue victory over the flesh, then you must go about it God's way. No other plan will work. God's spiritual plan, His spiritual system must be made a huge part of our lives. What is that? We need the Word of God in our lives. We need to be about reading God's Word. We need to be about prayer. These are all things. These are the fundamentals. We need to be faithful in church attendance. We need the constant fellowship of the saints. Uh, These basic fundamentals. We need these things to help us obtain the victory. See, none of these things will give us the victory in of themselves. But each of them need to will bring strength to us as we grow in the Lord. When we begin to neglect one of these spiritual things, we begin to become in trouble. We begin to trouble ourselves. We need to feed. We need uh, when we feed the flesh and ignore the spiritual needs that we have. It is a sign of future problems that's going to come. So we need to embrace God's plan, do it God's way. But then we need to ex- will experience God's power. In verses 18 through 23 there, we read 18, it says, An ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered into the city, and he took it and hasted and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or to that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back into their pursuers. And when Joshua and all of Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the uh, smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the others issue, the other issue out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And they smote them so that they uh, uh, let none of them escape or remain. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. See, when we do it God's way, we're going to experience God's power. You've heard me say this, that God never, uh, God uh, doesn't necessarily call the gifted, He gifts the called. God's the one that enables us. There's no, can I say this? There's no one special in here. There's no one that says, you know what, You're, I'm not special. I'm not, because I'm the pastor, that doesn't make me special. You know what? God has gifted me with the things that he's given to me. It's not because I'm just such an eloquent speaker, because you all know I'm not. It's not because if anything that ever good happens, it's because of God's goodness to me. It's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done. It's because of his power. And we can walk in his power and experience the victory. There's a lesson for us, for those who struggle with the flesh. The battle with your flesh will not be won in your abilities because you can't say no to sin. Oh, you may be able to say no one time, but sin has a way of rearing its ugly head up when you're at your weakest moments. The battle will not be won because you are more powerful than than the uh, temptations that you face because you're not. You see, there is just one way for us to prevail in this battle, and that is for us to learn to incorporate the power of God on our lives. See, we're unable to fight against the flesh and the sin and the world in our own power. We need to realize that when we cannot win the battle, He can. The Bible says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All these things are telling us and reminding us of God's power, not our own. The only way any of us will ever see victory over this flesh is through the power of God. But then we need to enjoy God's performance. There in verse 24 through 26, let's read what it says. It says, And it came to pass, when Israel had made the end of the slain, all the inhabitants of Ai in the field and the wilderness wherein they chased them, and when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were uh, consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all the fl- uh, that fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. And Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai." These verses tell us that Israel trusted in the Lord and absolutely prevailed over their enemies. God did what he said he was going to do. We're serving the very same God today as Joshua and the Israelites served back then. He hasn't changed not one bit. He's still the same God today and he always has been the same and he always will be. You can count on God to keep his word. When we are engaged in a battle with flesh, we can count on God to enable us, to to give us the victory. You see, He's all-powerful, and He's able to to help us when we're fighting against this flesh. Then the last thing I want you to notice in verse 27 through 35, notice the victory that's preserved. Notice the victory that's preserved. The Bible says, "...only the cattle and of the spoils of the city..." Of Israel took uh, for they uh, a prey unto themselves according uh, to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burned Ai, and it made it a heap of uh, forever, even a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it into the entering of the gates of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that he remaineth unto this day. And Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. And Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, commanded the, uh, as Moses of the servant of the Lord commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man hath lift up any stone, uh, uh, any iron. And they offered thereon burnt offerings upon the, uh, unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. Notice here there is a victory that's preserved. At this point in the story, Israel has followed God's plan. Uh, they've received the victory, and now they must maintain this victory. We've experienced victories, but now we have to keep the victory. You see, this takes two steps that makes this a reality for us. We can achieve the victory over the flesh. We can walk in the will of God and truly spiritual and, and be truly spiritual. We can be holy, we can live right. If we are going to maintain the victory, though, it's going to take some things. It's going to, number one, it's going to take, it's going to be preserved by death. There in verse 27 through 29, we just read that, how that everything was utterly destroyed. Notice that they did not leave a single person alive. 
No one from the king down to the humble servant was spared the death in this battle. God knew that the enemy had to be totally eradicated for them to get the victory. The lesson for us is this for us today. Your flesh is still alive. But it must be put to death daily. Some say when a person gets saved, the flesh dies. That's wrong. The flesh is still as strong today as it ever has been. See, your flesh is as alive today as it ever It still likes the things that it liked before. And if you turn it loose, it will run wild and it will run to sin. Your flesh is not saved. It's your spirit. And your flesh is not holy. Your flesh is rotten and it hates God and everything that He stands for. It must die daily. See, we don't crucify the flesh to gratify it. By, by gratifying it. You cannot feed every lust that enters into your, into your mind and claim the living a life of victory for the Lord. The Bible says this, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. See, the flesh must be reckoned daily. Every day. Paul said this, I die daily. He wasn't saying that he physically died daily. He was saying I'm, 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 I'm sacrificing my flesh. I'm sacrificing my desires of the flesh. I'm going to live for Christ. Listen, this is the conscious decision that is made and must be made in every situation of our lives. The fact is we never truly fall into sin, do we? We usually walk into it with open eyes. We sin because we do not flee, this, flee sin. We sin because, because we allow sin to control us we, uh, and we don't yield to the Spirit of God. So I'm thankful that there's coming a day when this battle is going to be over. You say, Pastor, you believe that there... Yeah, when we die and we go to heaven, we'll no longer have this flesh to deal with. But then victory is pursued by devotion. By devotion. After the enemy had eradicated, uh, had been eradicated and the victory had been preserved, Israel finished by doing what the Lord had told them to do in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and through chapter 28. Half of the nation was sent to Mount Ebal, and ha- the other half of the nation was sent to Mount Gerizim. And the Levites were to stand in the valley between the two mountains, and they were to read the cursings and the blessings. And when they, uh, uh, when they read the cursings, the crowd from Mount Ebal was to shout, Amen. And when, when the, they read the blessings, the crowd, the, the, the crowd from Mount Gerson was to shout, Amen. And this exercise was to remind them that God would bless and would, He would uh, bless those things that He would bless. And uh, He also refer, uh, reaffirmed to them the commitment to the, live a life for Christ. God's going to keep His word. So in obedience to the command of the Lord, Israel made this trip to the mountains, and they stood there facing each other across this valley, and as the commandments were read, they shouted, Amen. There was a devotion to the living God. They were saying, God, we understand that if we do what you tell us to do, we can experience the victory. We also understand if we don't do what you tell us to do, we're going to experience the cursings. Folks, that's, if you read through the Bible, the Old Testament, what did you see in the life of Israel? 
blessings and cursings. Blessings and cursings. Look at your life. I'm not saying that everything that if you're living for God, you're reading your Bible, you're faithful to God's word, that you're not going to experience troubles and trials and heartaches because you will. What I'm saying is this, that when you're going through those things, you have the blessings of God's peace and comfort and contentment even through those things. See, before Israel worshipped on the mountain, they built an altar and Joshua wrote the words of the law of God in the presence of all the people. The altar was a place of death. It was a place of sacrifice. It served to remind them that they did not achieve anything in their own power, that they had to rely only on God to give them the victory. They built an altar without tools, uh, reminding them that the victory over Ai was entirely the work of God and not the works of themselves. The victory was not about them. It was about Him. If we intend to enjoy God's blessings in this life, we must learn to walk in the will of God. Before we can ever shout on the mountain, Amen, we must first kneel at the altar and acknowledge that we are incapable of fighting these battles on our own. We need Him in our lives. See, the path of lasting victory, the path of lasting victory begins at the altar, a place of sacrifice, and on your knees. See, who would be honest with me today? And say, you know, preacher, this message has been for me. I, I've, I've had a terrible battle with the flesh today. I've, I've been battling the flesh, and I need help to overcome it today. If that describes you, there's victory in the Lord. God has a promise for you. He wants you to experience the victory. If you have lost the battle to the flesh and you've been whipped on, you've been whooped again and again, there's forgiveness in the Lord. God says in 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful that God gives us another chance? I don't know about you, but I've failed Him on a daily, I failed Him daily. Whether it's attitude, whether it's something that I've said, something I've done, sins of omission or sins of commission. I've, I've failed him so many times and I'm thankful that God gives me another chance. God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. If you need to lay an ambush for your flesh, God has a strategy, he has a plan to help you to get the victory. Some here might be dealing with lust or with some anger issue or bitterness or some besetting sin. Some here sneaking around doing things that they know isn't right. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. You may be able to hide it from everybody else, but God sees it and He knows what you're doing. And you may be thinking you're getting away with it, but there is a day of reckoning coming. See, I warn you now that if you keep letting your flesh feed itself and grow stronger, there will come a day real soon when it will take over your life. I've seen lives destroyed because of sins of the flesh. Say, ah, oh, pastor, I've got it under control. I can handle my sin. I've got a, I've got a handle on it. No, you don't. You cannot get the victory outside of the Lord. You need Him. 
I want to warn you that you can't keep the flesh feeding itself. Others here have never been saved. You've never been saved. You've never trusted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation and now is the accepted time. It's not my way. It's not the Baptist way, but it's the Bible way. You must realize you're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Recognize there's a penalty for sin. Because we've sinned, we deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. We rely only on Jesus to save us. We confess with our, with our mouths and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Saved people go to heaven. Unsaved people go to hell. This morning my question is this. Are you saved or are you unsaved? I don't know. Only you know. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't. I don't even know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. I've got some questions, I've got some doubts, I just don't know. I know this message this morning wasn't primarily for the lost, but if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you'll never experience the victory until first you're saved. You must be saved. You hear and you say, Pastor, I've never been saved. I've never trusted Jesus. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm not going to come get you. I won't embarrass you. I won't do anything like that. I just want to pray for you. Would you be honest enough? No one else is looking around. Would you be honest enough? Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Please pray for me. I don't know for sure. Anyone like that? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I've been fighting the flesh. And the flesh has been getting the victory. Pastor, I need your prayers. I need to get victory over the flesh. Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? All right, yes. However the Lord dealt with you this morning, I just want you to be obedient to whatever he has for you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises in your word. Lord, we thank you for how you have promised us the victory over the flesh. We don't have to leave defeated, live defeated, discouraged lives. Lord, that you want us to have life and to have it more abundantly. Lord, I pray for those that realize this morning that there's some flesh, there's some battles that they've been facing, and Lord, they need the victory. God, I pray that you will just give them that victory, Lord, that you will work in their hearts. Lord, they need to be busy about obedient to your word. Lord, as we heard in the devotion yesterday, being active and passive Christians, Lord, as, as passive Christians, we just be uh, listen to the message on Sundays, and, and that's all the, the preaching, all the, all the gospel we get. But, Lord, we need to be active, getting in your word every day and reading and praying and, and walking and communing with you. Lord, I pray that you would do a work that only you can get the glory for. Thank you for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God spoke to your heart. The invitation's open if you need to come and pray. If you want someone to pray with you, we'd love to do that. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we can open up God's Word and show you from the Word of God how you can know today that heaven's your home. Maybe you've been discouraged or defeated or disheartened. Because the sin, I'm telling you, sin is a 
When you're battling the flesh, it's a, it's a heavy battle. You need to experience the victory. Won't you come? Thank you. You may be seated. We'll go ahead and have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings as they're coming. Let me remind you of a few things here. Um, on March the 29th is our Lord's Supper. And what we'll be doing, we'll have the, observe the Lord's Supper in the morning service. And then in the afternoon, we're going to have dinner on the ground. So asking that you would bring a, a covered dish. The church will provide the meat. And so if you would like to come to that, that's uh, March the 29th, the last Sunday of the month. Then April the 4th is our prayer breakfast. April the 5th, is our, uh, we'll be having a, a business meeting in our afternoon service. And then April the 10th is our Good Friday service. Now, please make note of this. It was scheduled to have it at, uh, at Faith Baptist Church in Cunot. We've, uh, we're scheduling it to have it here this year. Um, so we will be hosting it. And what I'm asking for you to do is bring desserts because we're going to have just a little fellowship afterwards. So, uh, and we'll probably have three or 400 people here. Somewhere around there. So please, uh, if you could help us out with that, I'll get with Miss Pam, uh, some of the ladies, and see if they can help me organize that. But uh, we need to have plenty of uh, cookies and desserts. And I told, I promised Pastor West that we'd have pastor cookies. That's chocolate chip cookies. So we'll make sure we have that. And uh, but anyway, so please plan on being here for our Good Friday service, April the tenth at seven o'clock. April the twelfth is our Resurrection Sunday service. We'll have a sunrise service at 7.30, and then we'll have breakfast here, and then we'll have our, afternoon, our Sunday school and afternoon service, our morning service. And then on the 26th through the 29th, begin praying now our revival with Brother uh, uh, Bobby Sanders. Remind, uh, just uh, start praying about that even now. Happy anniversary to Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne. So they have an anniversary this week, and so praise the Lord for that. Um, and then also pray for our mis missionaries, our new missionaries. We just took them on a couple weeks, the Steinbart family. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Danny Lovejoy. Our Family of the Week, Miss Virginia Arnold. And then our uh, Trustee of the Week, Brother Sean McGinnis. Remember these folks in your prayers, if you would, please. Brother Jimmy, sir, would you please?
I thank you for your giving this morning. We're going to take a five-minute break, what we'll do, and let, and let those that need to uh, go ahead and leave, and then we'll have our afternoon service. So right at 1130, we'll start our afternoon service, and then uh, just want to let you know we're going to be preaching on God's will. And so that's a question that's asked to me all the time. Pastor, what's God's will? And so we're going to get into that a little bit this afternoon, and uh, just, a, just a short devotion this, morning, this afternoon. And so uh, we'll all stand and close in word of prayer. Thank you again for being here. If you're able to stick around for our afternoon service, appreciate that as well. Let's close in word of prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, <clears throat> Brother Sean McGinnis, sir, would you close the Lord, thank you and praise you for giving us this day. And Lord, we thank you for your word. And thank you for our pastor, Lord, and his diligence to your word and the study of it. Father, we just ask that you would just bless us and just be with us in the second service, Lord, and just feed us from your word. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to it and to put it into shoe leather in our daily lives. Lord, I thank you for the visitors that are here and my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I just ask that you be with us and just help us to keep you at the forefront of our lives you know, on a daily basis. And Lord, again, we just thank you for giving us this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.